I next I would like to welcome to the stage Miss Meg Horn. Yeah. Hi guys. How's it going? Hey. Um I run to the bathroom, that's about it. So we'll just lay that out there real hard at the beginning. Uh, I run nowhere in this story. Um, so turns out uh, it's pretty difficult to be a uh, respected and reputable uh, Spanish language linguist if you don't speak Spanish. Um, but mostly uh, also if you can't trill your R's. If you can't roll your R's. And so in the summer of 2008, I had recently graduated from Ohio State um, as a Spanish linguist in this exact scenario. Um, I had very little knowledge of Spanish in any functional way. Um, but the thing that I was really focusing on that I just couldn't let go was I could not roll my R's. Um, and everyone around me had been able to, had gotten there. Uh, you know, my brother as a kid could effortlessly do it, um, you know, when he, you know, thought you held a machine gun like this or whatever little kids do when they roll their R's. And um, I, it was something that I felt that when there's such a large goal to overcome, um, maybe like a marathon, I literally have no idea what that is like. You guys are amazing. Um, <laughs> But when you look at something that's so big, um, I feel like the brain is really great at just kind of breaking it down for you because you just can't imagine, you know, oh, I need to, I need to learn all of Spanish. Like that seems a little intimidating. And so your brain focuses on one little thing. And to me, it was that trilled R. The fact that I could not do that seemed like it was the biggest obstacle between me and achieving this goal of wanting to be fluent in Spanish. And so I focused on it and I tried night after night after night I would try and I would be you know in the mirror just getting just saliva all over it just spitting like at some point I'm coughing like what what strategies was I trying um and I couldn't get there I could not I could not do it and I became more and more self-conscious of myself and my abilities and for anyone that's learned uh, a language or done anything. Um, you have to do it to get better at it. Um, you can't just read a book about kayaking. Like you have to go fucking kayaking and, or take some of those pharmacological pills that we see on TVs where you take the pill and then like the woman can kayak. So I don't know, but never know what those are for kayaking. Um, so, and that's what I felt like I was doing was I was just, I, I wasn't actually making any effort to actually get over this obstacle other than to continue to do the same things that were not working. So um, I had nothing kind of holding me down. I was clearly not successfully employed as a Spanish linguist. Um, and I decided, OK, I'm going to go to the source of it. Um, and I responded to uh, a job opportunity. And within three weeks, I was on a plane uh, with a suitcase filled with mostly a Target-based wardrobe um, as I was 21 and lived in Ohio. And uh, I was flying off to Spain um, where I had signed a year contract to work. And so I arrived and I, I got into the airport 
And I realized then that not only was I self-conscious of myself because of my accent, but there's also real-world consequences of being in a foreign country and speaking a language exceptionally poorly. Um, and it resulted so much so that I my ticket was wrong for me to get down to Sevilla, which was my next stop from Madrid, um, and the woman couldn't understand me, and I could not understand her. Um, and so I... Uh, slept in the airport for three days, um, practicing by myself in the mirror of the, of the uh, airport. Again, getting saliva everywhere, somehow coughing, um, and still not making much headway. But I remembered, okay, well, I can write Spanish. So I wrote out all, the, all my questions, and she wrote the answers back. And I managed to get, finally, my ticket to get down to Sevilla because I knew that I was there to get better. I wasn't there to use an interpreter. I was there to get better. And that was that first step towards me thinking, okay, if I'm going to get better, I'm just going to push really fucking hard. And so I finally get down to the to this small little tiny town that um, I'm set to live in for the next year. I'm nestled in. Uh, it's called Ayamonte. Um, it is the last Spanish city before Portugal, also known as Nowhere. Um, there were about eight people and nine donkeys, um, and they all chose to congregate nightly at a little kiosk that was outside my apartment. And uh, as the extrovert that I am, um, I realized that they also sold beer in this kiosk, so we became close friends. And um, they barely understood me. I 100% did not understand them. Um, but, you know, uh, Nacho, uh, who served the beer, uh, there, um, there was Pedro, um, who smoked really enormous uh, cigars. Um, and then there was Pablo, who had eaten a lot uh, over the course of his life and was teetered always right on the edge of a tiny stool drinking his beers and smoking the cigar that he got uh, from there. So uh, so these three men became my close friends, uh, which is interesting because apparently you don't need to understand each other to have friendships. And um, so about a month in, at this point, every night, I would go out and I would hang out with them. I would have you know two or three beers to kind of lubricate myself. And I would go home and I would walk upstairs and I would put the mirror down and I would sit at my desk and I would spit all over that fucking mirror and I never trilled that goddamn R. A month goes by, two months goes by. I get, when I had gotten to Spain, I had to get a cell phone. And I got my first bill from the cell phone company and I open it up and it is 650 euros, which is a shit ton of money. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look down, and luckily Spanish has lots of loan words. So even though I didn't understand the entire bill even remotely, other than my name, uh, was the word roaming. And so it's roaming, and I go, fuck, like that's not right, I'm not roaming, like it's because I'm so close to Portugal. And so I call them, and I, they can't understand me and I can't understand them, but I'm so pissed. Like this will bankrupt me, there's no way I can pay this bill. And they are just, even though I don't understand what they're saying, it's just that shitty ass customer service bullshit. And like, it was almost like more annoying that it was in a foreign language, because I was like, fuck, no, I know, what, don't even need to understand what you're saying to know that you're giving me the runaround and you're gonna make me pay this. And so like an hour into this, I'm like heated, I am so angry. I had just had my two beers with my three friends outside. 
I just had a very unsuccessful session with my mirror and I get so pissed and I, and I, and my brain thinks corrupt. These fuckers are corrupt. But for the first time ever, I didn't trans, I didn't have to try to translate it. It just came out and I screamed into the phone, sois corruptos. Senora, senora, estás ahí? Senora, you know I'm here. Hi. Okay, I understand that you have no idea the gravitas of what just happened to me, but I am still very angry at you. You are definitely still corrupto, but I'm gonna have to call you back. And so I hang up the phone and I look in the mirror and I just go to town. And I open up the window, and Nacho and Pablo and Juan are still all hanging out there. And I go, Senores! And they just start cheering. People are like coming out of their houses. Like children are being woken up out of their beds. Like everyone is like piling into the town square. And I felt like it was like the end of a Christmas carol. Like, hello there, Ralph. Go buy the largest beer. And I'm like throwing stuff out my window, like waving to people. And I run down the stairs and I'm greeted by all of my friends now. But again, I still can't really speak Spanish and I still can't really understand them. So for the next hour, I'm just chugging beers. And the conversation is them saying actually interesting things and me just going over and over again because it was a new habit and I thought it was awesome. And the way that I got to being able to do that was I just pushed and I 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 pushed until I got that. So uh, three years later, at this point, I'm fluent in Spanish. I met my goal. I did what I wanted to. I moved home and I got my dream job. Things started to hurt in my body. Things started to hurt a lot. Um, I couldn't figure it out. Um, I don't run, um, but I do occasionally have a body. And I... Um, kept going to my doctor and I would say, this hurts. And they'll say, okay, do that. And then that would be okay. But then I would go back and I'd say, this hurts. So about two years um, of that rigmarole, um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is basically where your body is just a bag full of shrapnel. And, uh, and I just was like, okay, well, I'm just going to fucking push until I beat that. And I'm just going to like the fuck out of this thing. <laughs> out of this fibromyalgia. <laughs> and uh, turns out um, that is not a successful strategy. Um, <laughs> because when you have a stressful autoimmune disease, <laughs> going really hard <laughs> is not ideal. Um, and so for the first time since I've had this diagnosis, which was five years, on Tuesday, this Tuesday, this week, I took a day off of work. I didn't push, I didn't go harder, I didn't try to be better or to just force something better. I went and got a massage. I had a beer at noon. I wrote a musical with my cat. <laughs> I didn't question why I was 32 and unmarried, because that was clear. And I realized that triumphs can come from pushing and pushing and pushing, but triumphs can also come from just sitting back and relaxing. So however you achieve, whatever you achieve, rock it out. Let's keep it going for Meg.